0: Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com Elite. Did you know that when you visit thisisbracketracing.com, you get free access to one training resource of your choice? That's right. One of literally hundreds of trainings designed to make you a better racer on whatever topic you'd like at no cost. Check it out today at thisisbracketracing.com. The IHRA Summit Sportsman Spectacular will take place at Keystone Raceway Park in New Alexandria, Pennsylvania, June 7th through the 9th. New to the Summit Sportsman Spectacular in 2019, racers will be able to earn track championship points. Stay tuned for more exciting details. And it's
1: all that we know.
2: everyone and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's cool hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. It's time for the big interview. On the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jen. All right. Joined
0: today on the big interview here on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast by one Gary Don Free. And if you haven't been following our sport closely for a, a fair amount of years, you might be wondering, who's Gary Don Free? Gary Don Free is the founder of, the brains behind, um, dragchamp.com, which is quickly becoming one of, if not my favorite go-to site on the web. And just, Gary's on the line with us. Gary, say hi. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for having me. And absolutely, thank you for jumping on with us. I want to start this with a bit of a story on our end, as it's like a little um, behind the curtain on the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast. It was probably close to a year ago. Mark, Jed, and I are talking off the air and saying, you know, it's so freaking hard to even figure out who won these races. Obviously, you got Drag Race Central for the NHRA stuff, and, and at the time, uh, the IHRA stuff. But, and so, like, Peter and Kyle do a great job. There's press releases every day, what's going on at the Fling events. Some of the other big dollar bracket races, like, unless I was Facebook friends with the winner I re- and saw their post, I really had to dig. Or let me reframe that. Mark really had to dig to figure out you know, who won the race, who was in the final. And we're, we're talking about this. i like, you know, somebody should create a, a website just for this type of stuff. And it was literally, Gary, like within the next 24 hours, I don't even remember now if I'd gotten an email from you or stumbled upon your site organically, but it was just like kismet. Like, wow, we were just talking about this. This is what we need. And here it is, dragchamp.com. Like essentially, I know that you have, expanded and branched out and do a number of different things with this website. But immediately we found it almost exactly what we were looking for. Results to all of the big dollar bracket races and basically all the events that we're interested in in one place. If nothing else, you made our job incredibly easier. So thank you for that.
1: Oh, you're welcome. That's kind of what we started for was just to try to find who won a race. And, you know, we're racing for a hundred thousand and now 500,000 and a million. And at the end of the day, you basically I did the same thing you did and I wasn't on Facebook at the time. So I had an even more difficult time finding out who won. And sometimes you'd find like a winner runner up. You didn't know anything else about it. And so at the end of the day, I just got tired of searching for stuff that had been wanting to start a business around racing for a long time and just kind of got the courage up and dove head first in and drag champ was born. And since then, it's just been a whirlwind of, you know, just chasing races and activity and, and trying to uh, promote the sport of uh, sportsman drag race.
0: So when this idea comes to mind and say, OK, I want to go this direction, obviously, there are a handful of other websites specific to the, the sportsman ranks that do a portion of this. Typically, the, they They get aligned with a specific series or they're promoting something individually. Like obviously, you saw an opportunity to be headquarters, so to speak, like cover all sportsman racing. I'm just curious, like the idea process and generation, how long was it before you said, "Hey, there's a need for this, and it was developed and up and running.
1: Well, I think you know it really goes back quite a ways. I would say, you know, in the early two thousands and uh, maybe late two thousands, I was trying to come up with, uh, you know, a business around drag racing that I could start on the side and, uh, you know, grow to something, uh, you know, big. And I'd hit on the blogging side. Of, I think blogging got popular in like 08 or 09, somewhere in there. And actually did, you know, a couple, old, tried to create a blog, but didn't really know what I was doing and didn't have the tools and skill set to do it. But I think back then, I really knew that there was an opportunity to do something better than what was out there, at least in my mind. And, Some of it was just some of the sites are hard to read. You can't read them on mobile very well. There's a lot of new technology now that allows that. Drag Champ read, you know, it it auto sizes for every device you're on so you can read it no matter what you're doing. You know, there were just certain things. Some of them had too many uh, ads on and they just flashing at you and and just confusing and things like that. And then, you know, I just saw that there really needed to be something like the National Dragster that, uh, but for sportsman guys for bracket racers and the weekend warriors, that type of thing. And so I wanted to create something at that level, but just focused on sports and racing. And um, so it was really just kind of creating what I wanted to see on a day-to-day basis and what I felt like wasn't there in the marketplace. So that's kind of how it came about. I will tell you that just uh, for the drag champ itself, it came together probably over about a two month period last summer. And um, I think uh, by July fourth weekend I finally decided you know I'm doing this no matter what uh, whether I know what I'm doing or not I'm doing it and so from that point to my first article was probably about 30 days maybe and so I think the first articles were the first of August and then uh, it really just kind of took off from there so I think that's sometime in July is when I was reaching out to you and saying hey do you think I'm on something something Is what you know trying to get your thoughts and some other people's as well. So.
0: Let's rewind the tape just a little bit and because you saw an opportunity, you know, business-wise, not just business-oriented to combine an opportunity with what's been your lifelong passion. So let's go there. Give me some of your personal racing background. Where did this journey start for Gary Donfrey?
1: It started just, uh, my dad was racing pretty much like everybody else. My dad raced from as early as I can remember. I grew up in Louisiana and we kind of grew up at uh, twin city raceway there and for the first 25 years of my life that was every weekend you know traveling with him to mississippi and uh, texas and you know all through louisiana and stuff uh racing and and then in the early 80s he started super gas racing and just started doing that and my bracket raced i think i actually made my first passes in a s10 pickup truck running 18 seconds in a quarter mile and i uh, had like Uh, the week before my 15th birthday before I got my license and so eventually you know bracket race weekly built a stocker that I ran in the early 90s in division four and basically kind of got in over my head I was going to college and trying to race stock and and do a lot of things at the time so eventually sold it finished school and in the late 90s I started driving my dad's super gas car and was fortunate enough to win the national event in Houston in late 99 and then We just traveled and went from there and ran super comp for a while and super gas. And then after I got married in 03, started having kids and the racing kind of tapered off after that. Just, you know, ran some super gas five or six times a year and and until just recently, and we got a super, uh, super comp car this year and could have run bracket races and super comp and stuff like that. But that's kind of the overall gist of it.
0: Yeah. And based currently in the Houston area, correct?
1: Based in the Houston area, after I graduated college in 96, I moved to Dallas and then eventually to Austin and then eventually to Houston with different jobs, and that's where we're at today.
0: I can completely empathize on getting over your head in Stock Eliminator at a young age. Been there, lived that. <laughs> um, so I'm with you there. Um, the, the journey through Supergas, I think that's where I, I think I met you when you were running Supergas, and that's what I associate your success with you said the national event win. it seemed like you were always a late round contender in that category to this point what's the transition to the dragster been like
1: well it's been uh 15 years or so since i drove one and it was a lot easier back then but the transition i think the first pass it scared the crap out of me because it was all out and i don't think i've made an all-out pass in you know 15 years so that first 60 foot kind of got my attention but it's been fun finally gotten used to it we're struggling a little bit with the car and the setup but uh yeah we're working on that and we'll get out there bracket racing and
0: you were telling me off air a little bit more emphasis on the bracket racing a little bit even maybe more so than eight ninety stuff with it, correct?
1: We're um looking to bracket race a lot more. Like I said, for the last, you know, fifteen plus years it's been more of five or six NHRA races a year and it's just hard to be very good. You know, you go to the races and you think you can go down there and take four thousand stripe or Turtle loose and kill four you're holding or something like that, and you realize you're not that good when you don't do it very often. You know, I really have wanted to race bracket race a lot more over the last few years, so finally was able to just basically I kind of forced myself into the racing thing again because I started uh, after about two or three months last year of of covering all the races on Drag Champ and just keeping up weekend watching the races on uh, Motor Mania and all the live feeds and stuff like that. I just couldn't stand it i had to find a car and start racing my dad had retired the year before so we really sat out all of last year and didn't race and i just told the wife one day i was like man i've got to go race and i can't do this website and not be at the drag races and and, and doing this so luckily we found a car that was close by here in houston and it was what we were looking for and uh, you know now we're trying to do both which is a struggle at times as well
0: Sure, sure. I've, uh, I was curious. That was kind of my next question from a from a personal standpoint. How much was the uh, origins of drag champ just rooted in simply the desire to reconnect with the sport? And you know, obviously, you said ultimately led you back into competition. But how big a role did that play initially?
1: Well, I mean, I I think like most of us, it's just drag racing is what I think about all day every day you know and and you want to win and you have these dreams of winning big races and those types of things but you know you have to compete (laughs) and so uh you got to be out there and i think with the site it was a way to reconnect and and just stay involved and and stay relevant in that but really the the start the site was just more about like i said earlier just it's what i wanted to see on a day-to-day basis and i was hoping enough other people wanted to see the same information in in one place and just have that headquarters for sportsman drag racing so but from that you know having the car and being at the race and racing and being able to share that and kind of having a dual purpose to go to the races it's hard for me to travel and you know across the country and be a spectator just to report for the site so if we can go and race kind of get a two for one there
0: yeah no doubt and it obviously helps uh justify some of the racing trips like "Ah, i got to go there for work right
1: Uh, exactly at least that's how i convey it to the wife
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's all about how you sell it okay uh, back to to drag champ specifically and i don't know if you've necessarily gone to the extent of like formulating a, a mission statement for the site or for the business but in a few words or, or a paragraph like what is the goal what is it that you're trying to achieve as far as a, an overarching direction for dragchamp.com well
1: i think you know from the simplest form it's It's an online magazine dedicated to sportsman drag racing. So that's that's what we are. But as far as a mission is, you know, what we're trying to create is we're trying to create the number one place for sportsman drag racing on the Internet. And so that really becomes, you know, Drag Champ's long-term goals are to make it a media platform that really provides massive exposure to our sport, to the stars of our sport, to the people that win. Uh, the companies that support sportsman drag racing as well and giving them a platform as well. So, you know, we've got lots of plans going forward, but we really want to create that, that big media site that uh, everyone knows about and that can really provide a lot of exposure.
0: Yeah. It sounds familiar to essentially what we're trying to do here within the podcast. Like I, we say that our, our mission, our goal is to to cultivate awareness and interest of our sport among racers and fans who are, who share our passion for it basically from everything that I've taken for you. Like we're on the same path here. I, mean, I think our market as the podcast is probably a little bit more niche than what you're building with drag champ. And that's fine with us. I'm curious like on a broader spectrum, because obviously we're talking to racers for the most part here on the show, some spectators, mostly racers. And uh, that I think, drives the interest in certainly what we're doing and and right now what you're doing on drag champ the impression that i get from you is there's a bigger picture out there like there are stories to be told within our sport like the argument that i always make is if if there's a a a huge business and market around watching people play cards on television because they tell the story <laughs> you know what I mean it's not really about the about the gambling aspect as much as it is, it is the story of the players and I think our stories in the sport are every bit if not far more interesting if there was just a a way to share them to the masses and I think ultimately correct me if I'm wrong like that's what you're trying to build
1: we are and and I think we you know when we started, the easiest thing for me to get was race results, or, well, sometimes it was the easiest thing to get, but that was what was out there. Week to week, there was a race to cover, and, uh, you know, we kind of start with that, but as you build relationships and get to know more and more people across the country, uh, you realize there's a lot more that goes on to the sport, and you want to show that side of it, so, you know, you see the guys thrashing at, uh, you know, midnight, and then saying, hey, I'm driving six hours, and then I'll just buy back into this race in the second round, and that's the passion that we're trying to convey to the sport. I know uh, one of the bloggers on our site, uh, Chris Whitfield, was heading to Tucson earlier for a big race and didn't get 30 miles down the road and had a problem. He's on the side of the road, broke down, asking people on Facebook for help. And then he goes off and and wins a 20 grander at that that weekend at uh, Tucson. Those are the things we want to share. And that's the things he shares in his blog with with our uh, readers and and our audience. So, uh, you know, we just want to, to provide that information and know that there's more than just, hey, it looks great to win the big check, but what did it really take? And, and that's really where we're going. We do the racer spotlight with, uh, once a month with the South Central Drag Racing, uh, Paige Hamlin site, that's uh, been a really great partner with us. And we just focus on other members and ask them a lot of questions about, you know, how do they race and all these different things. The spotlight, there's more to the racer than just what you see on the weekend. So.
0: Yeah, no question. What is the biggest hurdle, or maybe was the biggest hurdle initially? Actually, let me go a little bit different direction. You just talked about um, Chris uh, Whitfield, who I'm very familiar with on the Racer blogs. Who are some of the other bloggers that you've got, or racers, I should say, that you've got on your blogging team?
1: Well, it started with, it was on my to-do list to get bloggers at some point, and Chase Huffman uh, reached out to me out of Dallas and was like, hey, I'd like to do a blog, and I'd like to do it on your site. Is that cool? And I'm, uh, yeah, that kind of fell in my lap, right? And so uh, we kind of made the, you know, agreement that we would do that. And then uh, he said, "Well, if you want more people, I've got some ideas." And that's kind of how Chris Whitfield came about. And uh, I believe he also mentioned uh, uh, Jeff Lambert, who does uh, Race Sponsorships.net and Armed Forces Racing. So uh, Jeff does a sponsorship blog. Chris and uh, uh, Chase do their racer blogs. And then I really wanted to kind of spread it around. I don't want it to be, you know, I am in division four Houston area, Texas. So I didn't want it to be just about Texas. So we looked, uh, reached out to some people on the East coast and, uh, you know, the name that popped up was Brittany Bolt, who's a super stock racer in division one. And, uh, she joined the team as well. And so, uh, we've got a good mix. We've got super stock stock kind of coverage and, uh, we've got some record racing and super racing and stuff like that. And so, And then Paige Hamlin, like I mentioned from South Central drag racing, she's really been a huge help doing a lot of coverage for some of the bracket, the big dollar bracket races and stuff. So she doesn't necessarily blog for us, but she writes a lot of articles and, and uh, provides a lot of value to that to our uh,
0: audience as well. It's it's such a, a win-win thing. Like I can speak from that, from experience doing the, the on the road column on dot com for years. Like obviously I see this from, from your perspective, you, 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 give racers a, a platform and obviously they draw more interest to the site but for the racer the opportunity to have that platform and say hey I'm published here is huge and to be able to develop a following and establish a relationship with your listeners or in this case readers over time like that can be really invaluable and I just think like uh, Lambert is a great you know personification of this and and because he can clearly articulate how to take full advantage of something like this, but this is something that racers overlook. Like we all want that big sponsor. We all want the name recognition, like it's opportunities like you're extending that allow things like that to happen.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you have to build your brand and, uh, you know, the opportunity to do that is probably limited. So be me being able to offer that to those, to the team Uh, obviously it gives me great content and and eyeballs to the site but it also gives them opportunity to build their brand and showcase their sponsors when necessary or or things like that so i mean get the word about uh, out about them and so it has been uh, positive for both of us
0: how has like if you just sit back and and think about the industry that you're in big picture how has the advent and increased popularity in social media changed the game so to speak because i think about it like there was a time when message board based sites were the thing in drag racing like we we all myself included frequented them all the time and then like facebook and twitter kind of came in and almost eliminated the need for that like we have a place for social connection so the goal kind of pivots into, I think, largely what you've created. But can you just take a step back and think about that big picture and how much the game has changed and why?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, dramatic. So, you know, I get to share a lot of things from Facebook and really reach a large number of people through my site that probably wouldn't have happened any other way or would have been more difficult for people to find me or for me to find them. So there's racers that uh, do a great job of promoting their self on social media. You know, a couple that come to mind uh, on the East Coast, Michelle Fur, Super Racer there, and then Jonathan Anderson in uh, Georgia. You know, I'm able to use a lot of the, the photos and different things, the updates from some of the races that they do, and, and be able to add that into maybe a national event recap, because now it's very easy to find what's going on. Hey, it's under rain delay, and you see photos. Or things that you would have had to call somebody or text somebody before to get that kind of level of detail. So it gives me a lot more information to write articles on a day-to-day basis of, about a race or to just have some interesting photos. At Houston, at the national event here, Keisha Moline was uh, sharing a lot of great photos. We used a couple of our photos on our cover, you know, the covers for the daily articles for the, the Spring Nationals results, and they were fantastic photos but I didn't have to go there and do it myself or try and pay a photographer to do that. We were able to showcase her. um, And so it just changes the game for what we're trying to do and report on races and what's going on, who's doing what, who's winning, who's making rounds, you know, all those types of things. It just gives us access to a ton more information that I can sit at my desk and do without having to be at every single event. So it's definitely a game changer.
0: You alluded to it a little bit earlier, Gary, how do you, or how big a challenge can it be? And and it sounds like maybe it was more so initially than now. How big a challenge can it be just to simply get the results and like find out who did what when you're not physically there at the track? Specific to some of the big dollar bracket races?
1: I think it depends on the promoter. You know, obviously Peter and Kyle set the bar really, really high and, and do just a fantastic job. Their races are, I really just take their information and post it on my site. I mean, I don't have to edit anything. The most I might do is resize a photo just so it fits on my site perfectly. But they they really do set the bar. And, and if you're a promoter out there, look at what they're doing and, and just follow them. Uh, and I'm sure they'll be happy with that because they are the best. But a lot of racetracks, a lot of promoters either don't respond when you reach out to them, or they may send you just like a winner and a runner up. But they don't tell you was it a shootout, was it a gambler's race, was it the main event? You know they may not have photos, and uh, unfortunately, you're, I'm not able to cover as many races as I could, just because I can't get the information from most of the promoters or racetracks. They're just not readily available. Uh, the ones that do, it's very very easy, and usually I can respond, ask them a few questions, and I can write an article for them. Fairly quickly that helps promote their their race and and showcase their winners. So, uh, yeah, but it can be very very
0: difficult from a promoter standpoint. Like I understand it is more exciting. I don't know if fun's the right word, but certainly more exciting. It's it's sexier to to promote in advance, right? Because you you're going to get racers there and you're going to put on a great show and everybody's going to be happy. Uh, and if you're going to have one race and never going to do it again, I guess that's enough. But if you're trying to to you just you've used the term for racers you know build a brand around an event or a series or a racetrack I think the easiest way to do that is to talk about the races and I think that's where a lot of promoters fall short uh, and it's not like an intentional thing I think you get through the excitement and the um, the work and the drag of putting on a big event and you just want to take a deep breath you know but the the value in highlighting your winners telling your story is huge and you are providing an opportunity to do that i, I would imagine on your case it's frustrating when promoters don't follow through on their end
1: it, it is and you know and and we talked before the show and i mentioned one promoter that did a great job had a huge race uh he was just tired after the event he admitted to it in, in messaging you know he's like i'm just tired right now i need a few days to send you the results because they were kind of sporadic in how they were posted. And it was hard for me to try to track down. I saw a picture, you know, one racer is like, Hey, I won Saturday night. And then someone else says, Hey, I won Saturday night. And you're going, well, which one was the gamblers and which one was the main event or whatever. I'm not going to post all that or try to track that down just because it takes so long to put together an article anyway, that you just run out of time. So if a promoter is sending me stuff, versus one that's not, I'm going to work on the stuff that uh, they've sent me and put that together. And if I have time, I'll track down the race. If I feel like it's important or it's going to be a good story, but it's really difficult to search through, you know, Facebook or or websites and all that to try to piece it together because there's sometimes these races have three winners in one day and that's three day weekend. So you've got nine different winners and you got people post the runner up photos and you just kind of lose track so that the promoters could really help themselves, as you said, build the brand for next year and and, and recognize those winners. You know, I know looking at some of the stuff that um, from the Lone Star Summer Shootout in, in, in Dallas last year, they wrote full articles on the winners like a month after the race. I mean, <laughs> with, with personal photos, I was so shocked and blown away. I'm thinking, man, this is easy to, to talk about this year's race because now I have something to work with. I don't even have to talk to the promoter. I can go do some stuff for them and help get the word out and let people know this race is coming and here's what happened last year and things like that. And even, even in your races, Luke, you make it very very uh, straightforward and simple to go put stuff out. You know, your photos, they tell you who it is and, and what they won. I was just looking at some stuff last night when I posted for the upcoming GX Summer Torch Summer Car Shootout. You know, and it was just, I went back to my... File that you sent me last year and it's like every picture is labeled it says this is who won this is the event they won you know all that kind of information is there and it really helps me help you promote that race
0: yeah it's no surprise to me like you single out peter and kyle you single out the lone star shootout which is another as you and i know well another unbelievable marketing and promotional mind uh, at the head of that with Definitely. Tommy Phillips, uh, and just that level of, of follow through so for the, the event promoter or the track operator that may be listening to this and thinking okay i have uh, an event or a handful of events that i think warrant coverage in this manner what's the easiest way for them to reach out to you you know they can message message me on facebook um
1: we're at drag champ magazine on facebook and then uh email is always a great way it's gary don at dragchamp.com. um just send me information. You know, people can uh, tag us and use the hashtag uh, drag champ uh, on winter circle photos. Uh, That way we can search for that stuff, find it easier. And just uh, the more information we have, the easier it is to get the word out. And we really, as we talked about, to build a, to build a media platform, something bigger than just race results, you've got to have information and you have to have it readily available to really build something really special. And so um, the more information we have, the, the better we can uh, do.
0: Okay, so we address this from a promoter standpoint. What about as the racer? Like, what could racers individually do? Maybe not so much to make your job easier, but to make it easier for you to highlight them. Like, I don't know, you read occasionally that, that the, the press release is like a, an extinct figure. Like, I don't know if that's necessarily the way to go about it. Now it probably doesn't hurt. What from your end, what do you like to see from racers? What would, what do you wish you could see more of?
1: You know, I think the, when you're at a race, share a little bit, you know, and I, and that's hard for me. I'm new to Facebook. Uh, it's not natural to me. I was talking to Cole Cummins at the Dallas uh, double divisional earlier this year. And, you know, he's young. It's just natural for him to do what he does on, on Facebook or all the social media For me, we have to have to work at it, but I'm building a brand for myself and for the business. So I have to learn those things. And so I'm learning to, to share different things. I think the more you, you put good photos out there, you let people know what's going on. It kind of builds on itself. And so that's, that's probably the biggest key. And then from, you know, I've had racers come to me. um, I don't have time to write an article on every racer that wants to be featured on the site. So, you know, but I have had some racers come to me and say, Hey, could we do something together? and uh, been able to help them but they've been able to provide good quality information like their history and you know what their accomplishments were and things like that so i could really take their words put it into a story and put it out on the site so you know eric kenney uh division one bracket racer really successful guy was the first one to reach out to me and say can we do something he had already been featured on a couple other websites before so I guess he kind of had some experience but he made it really easy it took me a couple of weeks we put together an article and and it turned out really great he provided good photos that's another thing I received a press release the other day from a racer and they still had the watermark from the photographer in the middle of the photo and it's like I can't use that photo so make sure you know you got it you got to provide good quality photos and uh, they can be on your iPhone but just make sure you turn your phone sideways and you take it because that shows up better on the web than the in the portrait mode but good photos uh and, and just try to give information that uh lets people know something about you you know that that they can write a story about all
0: right so dragchamp.com is uh, obviously still in its inf- infancy i think it's been really cool to just watch from afar as you've grown it and as uh you add new features and i can just set, see the new ideas kind of oozing out i'm curious now that you've been at it close to a year like as you look into the future, what is your direction? Like, what do you see Drag Champ becoming? Let's say five years down the road.
1: I think you know you'll see us move into uh, more video stuff on YouTube. There's definitely plans for that. The YouTube is kind of the young kids' TV now, so um, I think there's a lot of opportunity for us to grow that direction and do a lot more video-based. I did a, my first interviews earlier this season at. Uh, the spring nationals in houston and was scared to death and and went through them and they weren't perfect but uh we got them out there and kind of got our feet wet and and realized that that's really where we need to be going is a lot more video based stuff you know obviously a lot more information on the racers we want the site to be very entertaining so we'll continue to add new features and 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 new ways to learn learn about racers in more than just they won this week so you know our, our top 10 list that we put out Almost every week, it's really just a way to showcase. It's almost like the Who's Hot on the Sports and Grass Racing podcast, just to let people know, hey, these people have done a great job over the last two, three, four weeks, and we want to get them some attention. So, just finding more ways to get people attention for what they do, let people know what races are coming up, and and have a place to find the information, and then obviously the the results of that. But you know, photos are huge. I mean, if you post something without a photo on social media, it's not going in anywhere so to get traction you know photos are big and we'll continue to do that and, and uh, look to open up maybe an instagram account as well just to continue to, to spread the word in as many places as we can wherever people are showing up to find sportsman drag racing we want to be there and provide value for them there
0: good stuff good stuff i'm curious and i don't even know if this is the format for it the what do you i, I think youtube probably plays into this if i'm following along this is obviously a labor of love right but at some point, correct. I would just imagine the work that you're putting into this. There, there's going to be opportunities to monetize this. What does that look like in your mind? Like, where does income come from from Drag Champ down the road?
1: From my mind, and what's actual is two different things. <laughs> According <laughs> to my wife, it's not it's not a real business until it makes a dollar. So uh, she reminds right. me of that quite frequently when I'm in uh, working on it at you know midnight. But uh, I host a anyway, we we actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're working on. We've just released our advertising program and, and sent it out to a, a couple of different people. Although I'm not really pushing it super hard yet, we're just trying to figure it out so we can get good at it. And um, you know, the goal is not to have a cluttered website that all you do is see ads when you get there. But obviously, we need to make money, and that's one of the primary ways that we had uh, looked to monetize the site is through ads. And just trying to get. You know, partner up with companies that want to reach a specific market in drag racing and, and, and really the actual customer, you know, the racer that's buying gears and tires and transmissions and motors and those types of things, trailers, you name it. So, um, yeah, we'll, you'll see advertising coming um, and uh, we'll keep it limited. Uh, we'll try and be creative in how we do it so that it doesn't take away from the site because that's really one of my, main focuses was not to build a cluttered site that you know just full of ads and blinking ads and all that kind of stuff that you can't uh, really pay attention to the message so but the goal is to make money at this and um to do that we got to provide value to the racer and the, the the viewer and to the uh to the sponsor
0: yeah, no and and I think you're knocking the value end of that spectrum out of the park so I trust and certainly hope that the uh, the monetization follows just the same deal if we have you know a potential advertiser out there listening is email the best way to get in touch with you there as well
1: definitely email there but I facebook messenger as well as uh, works as well there um and, and we're like I said we're flexible we're learning Actually, uh, had someone contact me the other day and asking for things, and they had a lot of questions, and I didn't have a lot of answers <laughs> yet because I haven't even looked to put advertising on the site. I've just been trying to build it, and and uh, thankfully I have a day job that pays the bill, so I don't have to rely on that. And uh, but in going through that, I realized there's some things we got to do. There's some things I can and can't do. So we're like I said, I'm not looking for 50 people tomorrow to be wanting to advertise. I probably couldn't handle that, but. We are going down that road in the summer. You'll see you know, more ads popping up, hopefully, and, and a little bit of income coming out of it to offset uh, the huge time commitment that it takes to do this.
0: Yeah, no question. All right. Now, I don't know how regular a listener you are of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. I've hit on about everything that I wanted to talk about, but uh, I can't let you off the hook that easy. I got some rapid fire stuff for you.
1: Yeah, I've been stressing over these. I've listened to every episode. I think I missed one this winter. So from day one, I've listened to all of them.
0: But yeah, I'm ready. I'm You're ready. the guy. You're the guy. Let's listen to these. Um, okay, so Rapid Fire, for those of you that may be first-time listeners, try to keep these pretty concise, short questions, short answer, not typically racing-related. We try to have a little bit of fun with it. So if, Gary Donfree, you were famous, what would you be famous for? Winning drag races. Of course. Okay. Where else? Hey, you're already famous. What <laughs> That's my choice. About? What are we talking about? <laughs> uh, uh, if you had the opportunity to sit down with the President of the United States over dinner, where would you drive the conversation?
1: Oh, wow. I don't know. Maybe I think I would ask a lot of behind the scenes questions. Like, what's it really like up there? And how hard is it to get things done? And I know the political game is uh, you know, probably the most complex we have. Out there. So I think that would be interesting. I'm I'm more of a, uh, as you call it, inside the numbers, or what is your inside baseball. So I'd like to know just the day to day of how things get done and things like that.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I I don't know that that would have come to mind first, but I'd be fascinated by the decisions, what it takes, the logistics of getting things done. Like you said, I I think that would be really interesting. How about your personal? I guess it could be, uh, it could be your sons as well, but. It's more fun if it's your personal. Best Halloween costume of, of all time.
1: I've never really been a big Halloween guy, so um that one would be tough.
0: <laughs> it should make it I had easy. This really
1: goofy I had a really goofy mask that had this really like old dude and like uh face on it and uh, you know the old face is all scrunched up and he had a cigar and I scared the crap out of a lot of people with that over the years <laughs> two different times. Maybe not just at Halloween, but that was that was probably it.
0: Probably more effective when it's not on Halloween.
1: <laughs> yeah, because it, it would kind of catch you off guard.
0: <laughs> uh, one supply in your household that is running low as of this conversation? Beer? Can never have enough of that. How it about the last long either. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to reach back to, to your youth for the Halloween question. How about this one? Favorite cartoon growing up?
1: Oh, I had so many. I would have to say Scooby-Doo.
0: Oh, Shaggy. All right. Good stuff, Gary Don. Thank you again for uh, taking some time with us here on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. Again, listeners, if you haven't already, be sure to check out dragchamp.com. They're doing awesome things over there. Gary Don Free, thank you again, sir, and best of luck going forward. Thank
1: you. I appreciate you having me on and all you do for the sport. I'll be all about
0: I want to thank everybody for tuning in. To make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available, subscribe. And you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing our show today. Just subscribe that way that you know that you have got the latest edition of the podcast. You will be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast over the PA on race day if you've spent any time behind the wheel of a bracket or a class racing machine you've undoubtedly been in this situation you have a starting line advantage you catch your opponent early you roll off the throttle or ease onto the brake pedal and you watch your win light come on yes that's a great feeling but When you get back to the trailer and begin preparing for the following round, the first question that you have to answer so that you can properly game plan for the upcoming round is, what would I have run last round had I held it wide open? On ThisIsBracketRacing.com, I openly explain the simple formula that I have devised based upon my own experience to do just that. It works great for 8th mile or quarter mile competition, and it's accurate for any type of competition vehicle, from junior dragsters to top dragster. The best part? Our run completion formula is absolutely free. Check it out at ThisIsBracketRacing.com slash
2: Returning to Keystone Raceway Park for the 2019 season is the IHRA Summit Sportsman Spectacular, bringing $5,000 payouts both Saturday and Sunday for top and mod for only $150. Along with that terrific value, the Summit Sportsman Spectacular will feature a sportsman class, motorcycles, and junior dragsters. There will be round prizes, a golf cart race, and a racer appreciation cookout. Come on out to Keystone Raceway Park next weekend in June the 7th through the 9th to see what all the Summit Sportsman Spectacular is about. Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get in it. Attitude like I am already winning Foot breaking in anything. Bottom ball before a 10, I'm rolling in the cutty switching.